Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Anne. Our first episode of 2023. How do you feel? I feel amazing. It's always really funny when we're recording in the same place, like you're in the room next to me. So I'm like, wow, I can't, I can't wait to be done hanging out and talking on this so we can hang out and talk some more. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think if you're listening to this, you would ask the question, which is a very reasonable question, why wouldn't you just record in the same room? And I think it's because we got so used to not doing that in COVID that this feels so much more normal. You know when you were in class and you would like look at somebody and laugh? I think that would happen if we were in the same room. Like I think if we were recording together and I I looked at you while I was speaking, even if it was the most serious point in the entire world, I think I would just burst out laughing. No, I get it. I, I, I love this setup, but you're right. I'm excited for like 45 minutes from now for us to hang out on the couch. But isn't it funny because sometimes I catch us talking in our regular life and we've spoken about this so many times, but like it really catches me when we've spent a lot of time together. We're like, we'll be having these conversations and I'm like, we sound exactly the same in person as we do talking on the podcast. No, I know. And that's why it was difficult last week when we were off because there's things I wanted to talk about. And typically I would say, we won't discuss it now. Let's save it for the podcast. But there wasn't a podcast for a week. So I'm walking with you realizing that Kim is wearing the same outfit on the Goop podcast that she wore to the Sierra Canyon game, that she also wore to Lauren Sanchez's birthday lunch. And to me, that's like a huge revelation that maybe, I don't know, six other people care about. (laughs) Like I didn't even want to get too much into it with you because I wanted to say it on here. When you pointed that out, I thought you were the detective in Glass Onion. Something about Kim that she has said repeatedly, and it really is so accurate, she packs a lot of shit into one day. Like if she's getting full glam, why not knock out as many things as physically possible? But we wouldn't have gotten that behind the scenes until seeing that she just so happens to be in a full camouflage outfit for all three of those engagements. When I see her do that, the same outfit throughout the course of the day, not like an outfit change for each event. It makes me really believe her when she says that she's very skilled in sleeping with a full face of makeup on and then wearing it to whatever the next day's is. One of the craziest things I have ever heard anyone say. I think it's because growing up, you were always taught, like, do not sleep in your makeup. It's the absolute worst thing you can do for your skin, no matter what, no matter how tired you are when you come home, take it off. Like, that's what has been ingrained in us. And then for Kim, who I think many would regard as like, one of the queens of beauty to say that. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like you saw your teacher out of school or something. Well, your issue is that 
you're happy to fall asleep with makeup on because you're too lazy to take it off. And then when Kim gives you permission that everything's okay, that's like (laughs) all you've ever needed. Like when Kim said that she slept with makeup on, I actively watched the wheels turning in your head and having the realization that like you didn't have to listen to me when I told you that you had to take off your makeup before you got into bed. I'm pretty sure that one night when we were like really, really high and I fell asleep and you yelled at me to do it. And I was like, Kim doesn't do it. I don't have to. (laughs) You have on multiple (laughs) occasions said that actually. Wait. So uh, listen, if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you guys, it's not that things didn't happen while we were off, but I was praying for a little bit more. You know, like I was expecting us to come back and multiple of the things that we've been wondering about would have been revealed. And that's just, it's not the case. Still a lot to get into, but it's not the kind of reveal that I was necessarily praying for. Can I ask you what reveal you're specifically like referencing? Like a, a there was something that happened in the last year that you're that you were waiting to come to fruition this year? Or you were just like expecting more stories to have happened? No, I definitely built that up as though we were waiting on some grand reveal, which we weren't. But, you know, I was picturing a headline like Harry Styles seen with mystery woman post Olivia Wilde split or the photos from Mason's Bar Mitzvah in the temple that we were curious if those existed. You know, Scott posting that on his story, that type of thing. Nothing groundbreaking, but just some things that we had been discussing. Well, also keeping in mind, and I would rather have it this way than the other, but we started last year with the Julia Fox Kanye stuff. And so that was like a really big bang into the new year. Again, a million times over, I'm happy to not be delving into a Kanye story right now, but I think we got a little spoiled last year. I think we expected to come on here and like have like a groundbreaking story to start the new year and things started off kind of as we ended, which obviously we are beyond excited to delve into. Yeah. I mean, we're only three days in. Who knows what's about to happen? I will say one of my favorite headlines that I saw via tweet from Poppies, Dionne Warwick is releasing this documentary and a trailer for it dropped. And it says, Dionne Warwick reveals that in the 1990s, she hosted an intervention at 7 a.m. sharp for Snoop Dogg and other rappers over their misogynistic lyrics. Snoop Dogg admits that they were so intimidated by the singer that they were all in her driveway by 6.52 a.m. And in it, Snoop Dogg basically says that at the time, they kind of thought that they were untouchable. And then here comes Dionne Warwick, this woman that you know, was so much more accomplished than them at the time. And it really kind of snapped them back to reality. And to me, that is just such an unbelievable visual. What an incredible headline. What an incredible thought to think about Snoop Dogg arriving at a 7 a.m. meeting at 6.52. I didn't even know people did 7 a.m. meetings. <laughs> me either. You know? I it was illegal. <laughs> it was like an 8 a.m. class. I was like, nobody has those. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Just a few relationship things to kick us off. So as we know, Emrod and Pete are no longer together. It kind of ended before it even really started. But source told Page Six, quote, their fling has moved into the friend zone, which is fine with both of them. Also, there's no confirmation if this is romantic or platonic, but Pete has been seen out numerous times with Chase Suey Wonders, who is his co-star in Bodies, 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 and Emrata has been seen out with Jack Rear. That one felt a little bit more confirmed romantic, but who knows? I'll tell you, and I'm curious your thought on this. When we first heard about this, like when we saw the initial Dumas tip, I remember saying on the podcast, you know what? This could totally work. Like not saying it's the end all be all by any means, but we see it. And it's interesting because I really felt that way. And then actually seeing it happen, I saw it so much less than I thought I was going to see it before I had a visual. That's exactly how I felt where in theory and on paper, they would actually make a really great couple. I think that from the start, it was so PR centric and almost forced that seeing them together felt a million times more unnatural than I had built it in my head to be. But I also think that Pete's at the point where this dating beautiful women has become almost a bit in everyone's eyes. And so no one was taking this seriously. And it almost like the lack of seriousness from the public, you know, influenced maybe the lack of seriousness with each other. Like all around, I just felt like they understood, we understood, the paparazzi understood, like, This is not serious, but it could have been in another life. That's what I'm saying. There is a world in which it wasn't done in a way that felt so PR heavy and almost so contrived where we could have said, you know what? They're probably going steady and we saw them last. Maybe they weren't courtside in Knicks game. Maybe it was a little bit low key. We could have seen that, but yeah, it it was over before it started because of how publicized it felt. How come no one says going steady anymore? Did I just say that? Yeah, you said they weren't going steady. Like as if he was giving her like his letterman jacket, like his varsity jacket from the football team. Like they were going to prom together. Obviously, Julie. And I am shocked that you who spends all of her time with me and my dad doesn't know this. Of course, that's because it's such a Steve Diamond term. When I think of going steady, I think of like a Seventh Heaven style show. Like I asked her to go steady with me. Wow. I only hear it in my dad's accent. Oh, so like 
in the way that your dad, this is so interesting, in the way that your dad says it, <laughs> in the way that you explained it, like going steady almost meant more like a, a consistency in describing the relationship rather than a title for the relationship. Yes, yes, exactly. Like in the olden days, they would say like, do you want to go steady with me? Right. Okay. No, that is not the way that I am envisioning it. I'm envisioning it in my dad saying, yeah, they were going steady for a little while there. And then I don't know, something happened. It ended. That's exactly how we would say it. Right? <laughs> exactly how we would say it. So another thing I want to talk about is Kristen Cavallari and Tyler Cameron, which I know if you hear that, you may roll your eyes because the last time this came up, they were doing a campaign for her company, Uncommon James. It was kind of a very steamy photo shoot and that sparked dating rumors, which they denied it. You know, She said, Tyler's the sweetest human being on the planet, such a great guy. I was so impressed with him. There's nothing going on. Great guy, but we're not dating. I promise if I was, I would not answer the question. Put it that way. Nothing's going on. He was a hired actor, okay? Which is exactly what she knew was going to happen at the time, obviously. Obviously, people would think something was going on. It gets more press for the campaign, more press for her company. If anyone knows how to do it, it's Kristen Cavallari. But recently, they were together on New Year's Eve, and in the background of Jason Tardick's Instagram story, you could see them like kind of getting cozy. And so I wonder if something was sparked in this campaign. She wasn't lying at the time. Really, nothing happened. They had stayed in communication, and it was kind of like a fuck it New Year situation. This couple makes sense to me. So much sense to me. This couple really, really makes sense to me. I could really see this. I don't know about long term, but I feel like in her post-divorce era of just having fun and like really almost like finding herself again and cementing her place as the icon that we always knew her to be, I feel like she's navigating that. And Tyler, in my opinion, somebody is like, hot and sexy as him fits so perfectly into that like newfound confidence. Well, I don't think that with Kristen Cavallari, I would ever use the term newfound confidence because I actually think she's one of the only people that I've been following from a very young age that I think has always maintained a certain level of confidence, at least what she was portraying. It may have fluctuated over the years internally, but what she put out to the world to me has always been supremely confident. I think you know, no worlds is this a, a long-term situation, but I think it makes so much sense for this moment, kind of for what you said, but also just it's fun. And all of the stuff with Jay was so heavy. And I know that that's a little while in the past now, but they still have to co-parent together. It's not like they're entirely removed from one another's lives. And so I think someone that potentially could be as drama-free as Tyler could maybe be a fun change of pace. You know, you're right. Confidence isn't the right word. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but I think that for a while we were seeing her being defined by the era that she was in, being married to Jay Cutler, having kids, living, you know, in Nashville, working on Uncommon James, like that era of her life. And I feel like since the divorce, she's almost repurposed the Laguna Beach days in the sense of like, we regarded her as like a like the OG like the first to ever do it like she was just an icon and not that she ever lost sight of that or not that she ever didn't have that in her I just think that like maybe she thought that version of her was kind of a thing of the past and she moved on to a different version and I feel like we as the public have all kind of in her divorce era refound that old version of her and allowed her to as well. I don't know. There's something that she feels far more connected to the past than she once was, but in a really, really positive way. 
Well, I also think you having that thought process, which may be just you, maybe other people, who knows, could possibly be even subconsciously connected to her doing this podcast with Steven, where they're reliving, you know, Laguna Beach. And so it's not that she ever strayed too far away from that, but I mean, to do that podcast was really jumping right back in and reminding us all of how powerful she was in those years. Not that I ever personally forgot. I think that in a lot of ways, watching her on my TV was defining for me (laughs) at a young age. But I feel that there's maybe an aspect of that that is making you feel that way. No, I do. I really think so. I think nostalgia is like a really powerful tool that we sometimes forget. And recently with so many different things, TV show reboots and, you know, celebrities that are famous again that, you know, had kind of taken a break for a while there. Like we are really reminded of how powerful nostalgia can be, both in our own lives and like allowing us to reclaim a certain period of time, but also for somebody who's a celebrity to capitalize on that as they move forward. It's a really thin line to walk because you never want to cross over and be that celebrity that like lives in the past and like, you know, is constantly trying to remind you of this one thing that they once did. But at the same time, like they want to spark that memory in you to make you regard the current version of them in the way that you once did. And so it's very interesting watching celebrities kind of navigate that new arena. Oh, totally. And I think that someone like a Kristen really excels at that because she's never shied away from that period of her life. I think if anything, she is very well connected to the idea that it took her to where she is today. I also want to say in terms of Tyler, and again, this is like nothing that I envision long-term, even if it was a one-week fling, although I think I could totally think it could be more than a one-week fling. I'm just saying I don't think that they would get married. Another aspect, which like may seem far off, is they're both very familiar with reality television. Not to say that Kristen needs to date someone that is. I think probably her natural inclination would be to not. But I do think there must be something, I don't know if you want to call it comforting or relatable, about being with someone who has a very intimate understanding of why you maybe had been the way that you were because of this very specific medium. And that's also not lost on me. Not with all reality stars. I'm talking specifically with someone like a Kristen Cavallari. It's a huge part of her. I feel like if I personally was dating Tyler Cameron, I would derive so much comfort from the knowledge that he went to Gigi's grandmother's funeral in the Netherlands. Like, I feel like if I was his girlfriend, I would be so comforted by the fact that I could never ask him to do anything that would make it seem like the relationship was moving too quickly because nothing compares to going to somebody's grandmother's funeral within the first couple of weeks of dating them. I will never till the day I die forget that. That is one of those pop culture moments that I think is ingrained in my brain for forever. It altered my brain chemistry. It altered my reality. And I don't know why, because I guess in the grand scheme of it and in the grand scheme of major celebrity scandals and these major moments we've had, that doesn't even come close to the craziest thing that's happened. But for some reason, that sticks out in my mind so clear as day. You know what it is to me? Because it's not the physical act of him going there. Like I have a lot of sensitivity to understanding that the time after the death of a loved one can be very disorienting. And like maybe you make decisions that you wouldn't normally because you just want that sort of comfort. So is it a little bit bizarre? Yes. But also I totally get it. You just want what feels good in the moment. It's not even that. It's the idea that 
if Tyler Cameron and Gigi Hadid were passing each other on opposite sides of the street in the West Village, they wouldn't necessarily stop to talk, but if they happened to make eye contact, they would both know that they shared this very intimate moment together, like once upon a time. And I almost envisioned it like slow music, the rest of the world fades, and they kind of just nod at one another and then keep on their way as if it was in a movie. That's the way that I envision any of their interactions in the future. That is such a weirdly specific, would never ever happen scenario that it is so funny to me that that's where your brain went. Well, forget the West Village. I mean, I'm just saying that because it's very movie-esque, but they have absolutely been at events with one another after the fact. I'm sure that they've been in the same room together, whether it was some after party or some award show. Even though Gigi's been laying low, it's not like she's gone to nothing. I'm sure they've been in the same room or at the same restaurant or something. And I do almost envision it like, you know, just a glance over and and they know what went down in the Netherlands. The way that I personally envision it is that like every time they see each other, because I agree they have been at events together, I, I envision it that every single time Tyler's like, and how's your mother? Right, right. And she's like, actually, she just got into a huge fucking fight with the father of my child and she's not allowed in my apartment at the moment, but we'll get into that next time. I could also imagine a scenario where they're both like kind of drunk at a party and they look at each other and they're like, why were you at my grandma's funeral? Right. Like, I guess the way that I feel is that it's very much a no bad blood situation, whether or not that's the case. But I would like to move into something a little bit more current, which is Selena Gomez and her friendship with Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz Beckham, which is nothing new. They've been friends for a while now. Most recently, they all spent New Year's Eve together in Mexico. I'm sure you guys saw the photo. If not, we'll put the link in the description. But Selena and Nicola were wearing matching silver Valentino dresses. They also have matching tattoos that say Angel. And there's now been speculation that Selena is dating Nicola's brother, Brad. So Selena Instagrammed a photo of her with Nicola in Brooklyn, and she made the caption, fine, call us a throuple. And what I want to say about this, because I realize none of this is breaking news, we knew that they were married and we knew that all three of them were friends, but I am absolutely not saying they have threesomes. It's an actual throuple. That is not what I'm alleging in this latest. However, I feel that this is a very, very close friendship type of situation where like, Maybe they do end up all in bed together at the end of the night, not doing anything, literally innocently falling asleep. But I just guess I didn't realize how close of a friendship this was. And now I'm really getting it. I hope they are a throuple. Like, this, first of all, this episode is so unhinged. But the so only unhinged. Thought, <laughs> the only thought that I had during this entire thing was like, oh my God, I hope they are a throuple because then that would mean that like her six foot tall billionaire Jewish brother who played hockey at Yale would be single. I mean, I think that that's a totally fair thought process, although it's seeming like that's not the case and that he very well may be dating Selena, which in a hypothetical world, if that is the case, what a setup. I feel like that's the dream that you always want to marry your friend's brother. I mean, you know, you and I have like literally spoken about how much of a fantasy it has always been for us to both have older brothers with which neither of us have, and then be able to date their friends. I have thought about that setup since I was maybe 11 years old. I know. Julie, you are preaching to the choir. It's not, I, I, Although I know that if I did have a brother, him and I would fight about it a lot. Couldn't you envision that for me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just know that that would be an issue. 
I, it would be a it would be a big issue for you. Yeah, it would have been an issue for me later in life, but not at the age <laughs> that I thought it was going to be an issue. Like I was not in middle school, I would be like have an older brother, and like I'd be hot, and like I'd hook up with his friends. Like that just wasn't that just was not the reality of the situation. But you, my friend, yeah. That's not what I mean. All right. You trying to talk about Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy? I'm always trying to talk about Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code CELEBS. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. So Chelsea was on Brooke Shields' podcast called Now What? And she spoke about Joe Coy and their relationship and really more so where they're at now, which I want to read a few quotes, but I have to say, even when we were doing our end of year episode and we listed their relationship and their breakup as one of the main points, and we said like, I know this may not seem like one of the biggest stories of the year, but to us it really was because we thought Chelsea had found her forever. So to me, hearing her talk about this, because I had been so curious where they were at currently, was so interesting to me. Did you feel that way? 
Yes, I completely did. And even in the episode that we recorded for the end of the year episode, you said, I believe they're still friends. Like your view of it, even though we didn't really, I I don't think have proof to back it up was that like, this was such an amicable split. They were both kind of just like in different places. We both thought that down the road, they would maybe get back together. But I remember you saying you think that they maintain a close friendship still. So it it was surprising to me to find out that that really isn't the case, but I've always been very interested in this couple, both when they were together and especially after they broke up. Totally. And I stand by that. That's what I would have thought. That's why I was really surprised. But let me read this. So they're talking about, you know, if they have a friendship now and kind of where they're at. And she says, I mean, there has to be some accountability. You know what I mean? Like from him about what happened because it was just ridiculous. I don't think we can have a friendship until there's some accountability and some responsibility taken. There was just some behaviors that we couldn't agree on. And it felt to me like I would have to abandon myself, which maybe I would have been okay to do if I were 20 or 25, but I wasn't willing to do that. I was like, I'm not going to change the way that I behave in order to make you feel more comfortable. I'm not doing that. I had to walk away from something that I really thought was going to be a forever relationship. And then this is from page six saying, you know, she also said that they couldn't agree on quote several situations and that yes, she thought therapy could help, but it didn't. And, you know, ultimately it kind of became obvious to her that he was not her person in the way that she thought that he was. She said, quote, walking away from him was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Which to me, I read that as though she was kind of the one that initiated the breakup. No? I guess she pulled the trigger would be the best way to describe that. Like, the breakup happened clearly as a result of his actions as she makes it seem, but she was the one that made the decision to break up. Right. And then when she says this line, you know, I wasn't willing to abandon myself. I'm not going to change the way that I behave in order to make you feel more comfortable. I'm not doing that. When I heard that, if I was just learning about the situation. I didn't know who the other person was. I didn't know that she was dating Joe Coy, who is not only also a fellow comedian, but has been a friend of her for years and knows her and her material very well. I would say, you know, maybe it was someone that's a little bit more shy and was not okay with, maybe you want to say how raunchy she could get, how open she can be. Like that's where my mind goes when I initially read that quote, because I think that that can be an issue specifically when it's a man dating a woman who is maybe a little bit more vulgar in nature. There's like these very ingrained ideas in in men's minds about the way that women should act. And so that can stir some shit up. But that's not the case here because he knew exactly who Chelsea is and, and how she is specifically professionally. So I'm trying to interpret what exactly that means because my initial reaction, I think I, I think is not the case given who he is. That's exactly the thought process that I had where What she's describing and the reason for the breakup is specific enough that it gives you an understanding of what went wrong, but so completely broad that it really is difficult to see what exactly it is that she's talking about and where they could have differed and what she could have done differently or what he could have done differently. Like It's a very, very broad explanation for a very specific event. Um, but that was my interpretation as well, that like maybe it had something to do with, you know, him wanting her to tone down certain elements of her comedy or personality. But yeah, it's confusing to me because these are all things, not just that he knows as a comedian, but he knows as somebody who has really spent a lot of time around her and like has worked with her in a professional capacity and probably knew her 
in a non-professional capacity as well and knows that there's probably very little difference between the two. Yeah. I mean, when she says, I'm not going to change the way that I behave in order to make you feel more comfortable. It's the, in order to make you feel more comfortable that really jumps out to me because that feels so specific. And I wish I could have a clearer understanding of what exactly she means. I also know we probably won't get that at this moment because I think she has a lot of respect for him and their relationship and keeping certain aspects of it private. Like I don't think she's trying to paint him to be this bad guy by any means. She's just telling her truth. But that that implies that, or to me at least, I shouldn't say that implies, I interpret that as like something with the way that she is in how she interacts with the world, even publicly. Yeah. I can understand, I think, if you're dating somebody like Chelsea, that you may have this expectation of like, okay, with their friends, they're one way. With their audience and their comedy, maybe they're a very similar way. But if we were to be in a relationship, then maybe they would act a different way. There would be a different side of them that, you know, the rest of the world doesn't get to see. And I can imagine with Chelsea that that's just not the case. I think she is very authentically her. And something that we spoke about during her relationship with Joe was that it's not like she was different. It's not like she changed who she was, but we saw a different side of her. We saw a kind of a softer side of her, a more open side of her. And so I can imagine that where areas of their relationship that may have caused trouble would be like maybe Joe wanting her to lean into that side that she was kind of opening up to for the first time. But I think that, you know, what she, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Like, I think that what she was capable of giving him was that. And I think that maybe as he saw that side of her start to open up, he wanted more and more of that. But like, she had reached her capacity almost. Hmm. That's, yeah, I, I'm trying to think where I stand on it. I don't entirely know because we're not being given as much context. Like I appreciate what she said, but also it's very vague, intentionally vague. So I don't have a clear enough picture. I could see that being the case. I, I think honestly, I was surprised to hear her say that it ultimately became clear that he was not her person. I envisioned more of her saying, you know what? It just wasn't the right time. We still had things to figure out, but we're hopeful that maybe there's a world that could bring us back together. Her saying like definitively, it's not my person. It ends the, not not entirely ends the chapter, but at least for the moment, you know, it puts an end to it versus putting a pause to it. And I think that, yeah, yeah, it's just an important distinction, I guess. I also think there's a really interesting conversation to be had about uh, women who are funny and female comedians in terms of, their relationship with men where I think that, um, you know, that's always the thing that's, that's been said. Like if a man is funny, he's, he's got a hot girlfriend. If a woman's funny, she's single, like that sort of trope. And I could see that playing into this relationship in the sense of like, when they were friends, her shtick worked for him. And when they became romantic, it, he had a, I don't want to say a typical male response, but what could be considered maybe a typical male response to her in that her her comedy or her that side of her personality or her whole I mean, personality. That, that's who she is. Well, I mean, that in and of itself is just a fascinating conversation, even more generally. I guess I feel that I don't know enough about what was going on to even have a clear understanding about whether or not that could have been the case. But 
yeah, there's more there. We're, we're only getting a, a little bit of it. And I know that's intentional, but like, I am dying for more. For maybe one of the most benign breakups of 2022, I am for some reason fiending for that information in a way that like Harry and Olivia on their best day could never make me fiend for. What do you think the deal is there? Talk about a chapter that really hasn't been closed for us or opened. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. When we left the way that the breakup was announced was that this was very much being considered a break, quote unquote, not a full breakup. So I'm very curious if we hear about that again or if like it's just going to be radio silence. I would not be surprised if we never hear anything uh, regarding like a full breakup or they got back together ever again. Like if we just never heard another word about it, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Although I also wouldn't be shocked if like there was a paparazzi photo of them taken together in London. That wouldn't totally throw me. But I also could absolutely envision a reality where next year going into 2024, we're sitting on here being like, doesn't Olivia and Harry feel like a fever dream? It really went dead silent after that, huh? Oh, totally. A really good prediction of like 2023 celeb pop culture predictions is who – if they are broken up, who each of them dates next. Mm. It's so hard to envision for Harry, for me, more than it is for Olivia, because I actually think Olivia, I could totally see her dating like a really well-established director um, or even kind of like a fame adjacent type person, like an agent. With Harry, I have such a harder time envisioning who I think because I feel that it really can span the spectrum. I have a really difficult time um, 
picturing who both of them are are going to date too. Like I don't even think that one's easier than the other for me to picture. I think that with Olivia, it's more difficult now because Harry was such a deviation from Jason Sudeikis. Like they are just so different. Whereas Harry in the past has dated women who are older than him. And so like at least there was a baseline understanding of like his type. Whereas like, okay, yeah, obviously Harry's like everyone's type, like no question there. But then it just leads the question for Olivia Wilde of like, where do you go from there? Well, I think that there's something to be said for Harry being not a one-off, but serving a very specific purpose for a very specific time in her life. Like, for example, if she was describing the type of person that she's into, I don't even know if she would necessarily list the characteristics of Harry or use Harry as an example of like her previous dating roster. I feel like Harry served such a purpose for that time. It was like this post breakup, wasn't a divorce because they weren't technically married, but everyone thought they were, you know, at the height of the co-parenting chaos, clearly, as we found out from the nanny, there was a lot of shit going on. And somehow she gets into this whirlwind romance with superstar Harry Styles where she's on tour with him, you know, dancing freely in the crowd like a million times over. Like, I don't think that's being replicated. You know what I mean? So I guess I don't even consider Harry when I'm thinking about her potential type because to me, it's such a wild card. Oh, completely. You know, it's interesting. Like you just said, Chelsea and Joe Coy's breakup brings out something in you and a curiosity in you that Harry and Olivia couldn't have brought out on their best or worst day. And in regard to the breakup, I think that I agree. Like I don't necessarily crave the details of what went on between Harry and Olivia that caused the breakup and what that breakup looks like. I, it, it That doesn't excite me. If I were to pick an element of Harry and Olivia's relationship where if like I could get anything, like unfiltered, exact information as I want it, I would literally pick like a mundane day in their life. Like what does it look like for them to eat breakfast together? What did they talk about over lunch? What did it look like when Harry was with Olivia's kids? What did it look like when they were discussing Olivia's divorce? What did it look like when they were discussing the public reaction to them? Like that is the shit that I would actually die for. Yes, yes. The more benign, the better in terms of their interactions. Completely. I want to see him coming into the kitchen, having his morning coffee, her strolling in, like toasting an English muffin. And what are they discussing when he's making eggs? Like, Yes, that is what I want to know. Because so much of their relationship was defined by drama, both in her relationship and the ending of her marriage in dealing with his fans and the reaction to Olivia and the way that they kind of coped with this new relationship. And on top of those two things, all the don't worry, darling drama. And so the way that we viewed them has been so influenced by these outside factors of just drama at every single turn. But like in their everyday life, in their mundane life, there's no way that there was that much drama between the two of them. It's not in either of their personality. And so I'm just so, so interested in like, what did it look like as their relationship progressed and got more serious? Because they were together for so much longer than I think any of us thought they were going to be. Right. Because theoretically they were 
the calm for one another during these very public storms. And that to me, like how they achieved that calm or specifically how each of them were that to one another and in which ways is that's the type of thing that I'm really curious about. By the way, what's Harry Styles' love language? Like, tell me that. I want to know that, not not even for my own personal benefit, like genuinely out of curiosity. I, I don't know. I'm obviously couldn't be more curious. F- fingers crossed ima- that's touch. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine he on some level is a words of affirmation type of guy, but who knows? Yeah, I mean – that's it's such an interesting question to try and like think about people that you don't know in that way, like what their love language would be. Because I do think there are certain celebrities where you could totally know right away, like Justin Bieber. Physical touch is his love language all day. But like with most celebrities, you you don't you would never know. No, but that's why forget about celebrities. Like I don't have to have any relationship with you. I could be passing you on the street. And if you at all felt inclined to answer that question, I would be interested in your response. Like I just think it is so interesting the way that people desire to both give and receive love and how that differs, one, between those two, but also from their partners. You know, it's it's, the whole thing is, is super interesting. I don't know if anyone else is into that, but I very much am. It's interesting because I don't think that that was even a conversation, let's say like five years ago. Like it's a very new thing for people to be like, what's your love language and like a really open discussion and also for most people to like have an answer and an understanding of of that if you were to ask your dad right now he'd be like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) english (laughs) (laughs) all we do is imitate your dad i can't because i've been around him now for like three weeks and so like I understand like I understand how you get into these phases of like you can only talk like him and only envision like what he would say in a specific scenario because like I have not stopped doing that in the past three weeks I can't no one has it's not just us every single one of our friends that has been around they they drop the r at the end of the word it's like I don't know it's somehow you get transported to Brooklyn in the 1950s. It just happens. It it, it permeates the room. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because he is the last person in the entire world that would be able to understand or grasp why that is the case. Like I can't even imagine how confusing it must be for him that like here he is just existing and then all of a sudden there's like six 27 to 29 year old <laughs> girls sitting around him who cannot stop talking like him and imitating him like he says something that is just a mundane sentence and i will sit here and repeat it for the next two years how confusing must that be for him <laughs> okay well you guys a few things first of all the kardashian episode this week we decided there's enough kardashian news to do a whole episode on that which is always our preference and seems to be other people's preferences as well. So we'll talk about some of the interviews that came out, the Christmas party, all of that feels like it deserves its own episode. Of course, on Friday, Isabel and I will do Bravo and we'll go from there, but it feels good to be back. I feel so lucky that we get to do this and pick up right where we left off, right? It's the best thing in the entire world. I feel genuinely, I am not kidding. Like we are three days into the new year and I'm like, I'm like itching to know what's going to happen. 
I know. And we're going to see it hopefully really soon. And I can't wait for the moment where we get the TMZ notification and I bust out of my room and you bust out of yours and we meet in the kitchen, like flipping out. That's the, the favorite part of my day. Anytime that happens. Mine too. Okay. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow and then Friday. Thanks for listening another year. Thank you for letting us do this and can't wait for all of the stories that are to come very soon. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.